The opinions and views expressed in the OC Show with Cameron Jackson do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Orange County, are you ready? It's time. For the greatest damn radio show in all of Orange County. What's it called? The OC Show! Right here, right now. KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. That's right. It's time. Once again, here in studio, basking in the glorious sunshine of Orange County, where the sun shines 354 days of the year. And while the sun is shining brightly upon Sandra Hutchins, darkness has descended upon the likes of Michael Schroeder and Adam Probolsky and John Fleischman. But that's okay because we will always prevail here at the OC Show. Because God is on our side. Oh yeah, that's right, baby. You're listening to the OC Show right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I am your host, Cameron Jackson, dutifully here for you all. And of course... A uh, little Superman music there because I am your Superman, but you all know that already. Uh, I've got the most outstanding show for you today. Uh, I can't wait to get to my guest who is in studio. He's just one of the most fascinating, brilliant people I've ever come across in my short existence of a life. And I will be sharing him momentarily. But before we get to that, of course, always, always the house cleaning stuff here at the OC Show. If you are in your car now and you want to continue listening once you get out of your car, uh, wherever, off of your jog, uh, off your bike, uh, out of your jail cell, wherever that might be, you can go to KUCI.org, click in the upper right-hand corner, and you will get streaming audio here. Uh, the best, of course, uh, streaming audio that you can imagine. Also, uh, if you are interested in hearing past shows or uh, this show later on or see what's up and coming on The OC Show, you can go to my blog, which is theocshow.net theocshow.net. You can always email me, which is easy. It's Cameron 
at vocshow.net. I don't have a call screener in here today, but if you have questions and you're at home listening, you can text me a question. Just go to Cameron at vocshow.net. I will get the email here, and if it is show-worthy, which most of the emails that come in from you are always show-worthy, then I will uh, ask the question uh, for my guest or for myself, whichever one you want to to ask the question for. So uh, without further ado, my guest today is a fascinating gentleman. His name is Eugene O'Toole, and Mr. O'Toole is uh, works currently over at St. John Neumann uh, Catholic Parish here in Irvine. It's right there off of Alton, near uh, Alton and Jeffrey. And he, uh, among many things, he runs the uh, RCIA program over there, which is basically uh, how do you become a Catholic program. And um, while I don't normally talk, I, I don't really ever talk about religion on this show, uh, Mr. O'Toole is just so fascinating and has such a broad and vast array of knowledge about Catholicism and about religion in general that I asked him to come on the show today, especially during this season of Lent, because we are in Lent, which is a, a very uh, big Catholic holiday or uh, period of time. So, uh, Mr. O'Toole, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Yes, and uh, I, I'm so glad you came in studio today. How are you? Well, I'm honored. I'm just doing well. Now, the honor is all mine. Thank you very thank you. much. Well, one of the things that we wanted to talk about, or what I want to talk about with you, uh, it, it, talk about the Catholic Church, and I want to talk about um, evangelicalism with the with the Church, uh, kind of the interfaith, the uh, um, uh, things of those natures. But let's talk about the church in Orange County first. Um, you work for the Diocese of Orange. Um, you've been working with the church for, what, about 30 years now? Correct. Yeah. Um, what's the state of the church here in Orange County? Well, I think it's doing well. Um, maybe I'm an optimist. Uh, we have a wonderful bishop who has held up for us standards that are difficult to attain. That is, he wants a vibrant um, higher level of belief and hope and love. And he also um, wants Catholic people to be totally in tune with the sacred scriptures, the Bible. And uh, he's anxious that they all participate and show that they're, show their, their uh, interest in each parish. He's a great, great leader for uh, participation in, in, uh, by Catholic laity. And uh, on, on top of that, he has uh, led the way by a very um, gentle and meek uh, leadership. So I've seen a great improvement in the uh, status of the Catholic Church in Irvine in the last 30 years in the sense of you have uh, people in the pew who are much more involved and in, in contact with the meaning and identity of being a Christian and a Catholic. Uh, and that, that's essential for any, any denomination or any religion. I've seen that grow over the years, and, and despite some resistance and some reluctance on people that were never trained in that type of approach to a modern world. You know, I, I see a lot of religious groups have hunkered down into their, not really, not ghettos per se, but into their own little sides of things that they they got from their parents, and uh, they, they, they are comfortable in their own traditions. Well, the Catholic Church and Vatican Council, and since that time, has asked us to break free from some traditional m modes 
and to embrace the world, um, not only to embrace the church, which is first and most important, but also to embrace the world. And that means becoming to know who Jesus Christ is, and that's a critical point, not only for us, but for all religious groups that call themselves Christians. And there's a lot of discussion as to what that means. And secondly, there's a lot of quibbling about whether the modern version, say, of Catholicism or evangelicalism is more interested in social welfare than actually the meaning and message and the work of Jesus Christ himself. So, But I have seen uh, so many Catholics get into the scriptures and actually come to know and and, uh, wrestle with Jesus Christ and with religion and with the Catholic Church. Uh, and after all, that's the name of uh, religion, in my opinion, Jacob wrestling with the angel in Genesis. And uh, he changed his name from Jacob to Israel because that meant a wrestler. So I see all Catholics as wrestlers and Christians, too, actually, uh, continuing the Jewish tradition of having to wrestle with the, the, the Lord himself and his people and, and the call to follow him and to be a little bit counterculture, but, but to embrace the culture at the same time. The Catholic Church is, from kind of an outsider looking in, uh, has been under fire for a lot of things. Uh, And one one wonders, uh, especially myself, how is it that, um, how can I put this, how do Catholics, do you think, how do Catholics view themselves in this era of time when it seems to be okay to bash Catholics and to bash religion in general and to bash Jesus Christ. How, how, do, how are Catholics dealing with that and even evangelicals and, and, and Muslims and whatnot? I mean, and, and that's part of the wrestling uh, from the very beginning. <clears throat> the, the Jewish people, uh, the Hebrews, had to, um, they had to resist the temptation to copy their neighbors. And Moses had a lot of difficulty with them because of that. Um, and likewise, we anticipate that most people in the church will be will tend to drift and copy the culture that they live in, because culture actually uh, uh, paints the, the the some of the religious practice, and culture impacts religion. So. Um, you're going to have people who are not really responding to the the call to be followers of Jesus Christ in a very, very full and complete way. You're going to have people that, you know, are like Pope uh, Benedict says, are pulling their religion with like a piece of luggage behind them at the airport. And there are people who are pretty observant. And then the, 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 the call of Jesus Christ is for them to move ahead further than that. And every Jewish person puts his hand on the mezuzah as he enters the house which reminds them it's not morality per se, it's more, it's deeper, it's the love of God with one's heart and one's whole soul and in touching the Shema on the, on the door, the mezuzah. And so the Catholic Church is, is caught in this tension of trying to get people to go from mere observance to uh, great uh, participation and, uh, and piety and, and, and sanctity not just a mere observance. But why do you think, though, that people have a hard time in general with the Catholic Church? I think, well, oh, for a lot of reasons, because we have all kinds of ghosts in our closets. We've been around for 2,000 years. And uh, I think that, you know, Christians haven't lived up and do not live up to the standards. Uh, the, the Jesus' followers said, this is impossible, the things you're asking. And he says, yes, it is, but with God, all is possible. So we are going to, to limp and lag behind, and we're going to be criticized for saying one thing and doing another. 
and we have we have erred, and we have actually uh, sinned against uh, the, 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 the the principles and against Jesus Christ Himself and and God Himself because we haven't f- fulfilled the, the call. Uh, and um, we know uh, that the other religious groups also suffer that criticism and misunderstanding and fitting into a culture that isn't in, 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 at all intrigued with the, the Christian religion or the Catholic Church is difficult for, for Catholics as well as other Christians. I think Jewish people see, sense and feel and have felt it more than a lot of others. Um, I, and I think that's a problem because the, the modern culturist thinks that religion is irrelevant and they think that everything is relative. And it's how you feel, not how you think. And doctrine isn't in, dogma is spurned, um, and uh, philosophy is, is really not a major topic. Poetry is maybe in and takes the place of religion. Art takes the place of religion. Culture sometimes. The American flag and the, and the, and the Bible get mixed up sometimes. Sometimes nationalism has uh, actually corrupted maybe or weakened. Um, the, the force of religion in different countries. And so you're going to have to constantly f- wrestle with who you are. If you're an American and a Catholic, you have to wrestle with both. And um, I think that a lot of senators are going through that, and a lot of representatives and a lot of Catholics are going through that. Um, so the church is, is, uh, shouldn't be surprised with, with uh, criticism and should embrace the world despite all of that. I, you know, that's difficult. Uh, people would rather withdraw, and some religious groups, would Catholics would rather withdraw from that, hunker down in their own little, little ghetto, so to speak, and protect themselves and save their own souls. The Vatican Council, in, 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 devi- in defining the Catholic Church, did a wonderful job in Lumen Gentium, the, the, the Church, the Light of the Nations, but it also did a wonderful job in another decree called uh, Hopes and Joys of All the World are the Hopes and Joys of the Catholic Church. And so to, for, for us to do both is a challenge. You can't do one or the other uh, you, because you're going to be missing, uh, missing out on the commands of Jesus. Let's talk about the one of the Catholic notions of, of big T versus little t, the big traditions versus the little traditions, and, and what some of those are and why those are difficult for Americans in general and, and for a lot of people around the world. Well, you know, to under, uh, to, you know, to understand and right. to, to move forward with and to right. put into our lives and whatnot. Some of the traditions are big T's. Uh, that means that they are essential. Uh, there, you know, the evangelicals and Catholics together issued a statement a few years ago, two or three or four years ago, saying that all of sacred scripture should be interpreted uh, within the framework of tradition. You cannot separate the, the the written word from the tradition of the church. Uh, and it has to be interpreted within that framework. The rabbis put it very well when they said, you, you, you know, you build a hedge around the Torah to protect it. And the rules and the um, different uh, regulations that you find in, tr- in the small t, say, regulations like, say, uh, regarding worship and the sacraments and ritual, they protect the big tradition. The big tradition is what Jesus revealed if a person becomes a Catholic, they say, I believe and profess whatever the Catholic Church believes and professes to have been revealed by Jesus Christ. And around that belief, we, we circumscribe it with a fence to protect that from being contaminated or, or watered down 
are are uh, debased, like in the problems with the uh, the uh, Judas uh, books and uh, other early Gnostic teachings or modern teachings of any description. Um, and so the big T is is the is the part of the the, the oral and written tradition that Jesus was that Jesus taught. And the small T would be all the other things that have that fill in the the fence. Can, Some, can you can you give examples of a big T versus a small T? Well, the big T, for instance, would be the Eucharist. Uh, that's of course in the scriptures, but it's also in the practice of the early Christians, uh, and uh, not only the first and second centuries, but then the the Christian fathers. Uh, a small T would be the, the practice of saying the Rosary per se, or um, pilgrimages, or or doing the Stations of the Cross, different practices of devotion, um, rules, discipline uh, in the church, the, you know, the discipline of, of marriage, why do you have to be married in the church, and uh, marriage is, is a gift from God, and it's a, it's a special tradition, big T of the church as a sacrament, holy thing, because God is involved in it, but then to protect it, the church has these little rules that uh, that actually protect the sacrament of marriage and make sure that it is what we we say is revealed by Christ. So you have you have the the major traditions you have the uh, which include the scriptures, and uh, the major um, uh, teachings of the church. But you also have all these little uh, commentaries by the early Christians, by the early Christian fathers, by the doctors of the church, by the scholars. Was was was. Uh, was the world made in a day of 24 hours? Was it made in a day of um, of length, long period of time? Does the word yom in Hebrew mean seven, 24 hours, or does it mean a long period of time? So we 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 then proceed immediately to ask the church for a response to that, and the church says, actually, you can believe either, but you must believe the fact that God created all. Um, and whether Adam, Adam, whether whether evolution is 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 to be believed or not is to be is 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 open. But you must believe that man was and woman were created by God Himself, and how that the story of that creation and that that work of God with them is transmitted uh, is is for scholars and Catholic scholars are just as uh, interested in solving the issues as as others, uh, non-believers as well. Uh, so. Um, we we wrestle with with those issues every day, and uh, if a person says they don't wrestle with them, I don't know what they're doing. Um, the denigration today of doctrine and dogma, the denigration of of uh, profound thought, the denigration even of history. Um, most people don't know American history like they should, although it seems to be becoming more popular. Most people don't know the history of Christianity from the first days. Uh, it's a sad history in both instances. I mean, if if you study the Constitution, you you have a wrestling problem. All men are created equal. Uh, well, wait a minute. Um, why didn't they include women and and uh, people who are black or people who are didn't have uh, property? You ask these questions. Does it, has the Constitution changed? Then it has and it hasn't. Has the Church changed? Yes, it has and it has not but to show how it has changed and how it has not changed 
is a task that only history and uh, the tradition of the teachings of the fathers show. And, and fortunately, many, many Christians are becoming more acquainted with the teachings of the fathers, the things that were written down in the first four centuries, fifth, five centuries, that show us and give us a clue as to what was going on in those days that reflect upon what we should be believing. Do you think or do you see uh, in your experience, and if you're just joining us, you're listening to the OC Show right here on KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I am the host, Cameron Jackson. As always, my guest today is Mr. Eugene O'Toole. He uh, works over at St. John Neumann Parish here in uh, Irvine, and we are talking about uh, the uh, Catholic religion. We're going to be delving into uh, the evangelicals after the break. Uh, we'll come back for that. But do you see... Uh, Mr. O'Toole, a um, more or less interest in the church by younger people today? I I would say that um, younger people in general tend to drift away from it. Um, they have um, an adolescent faith or even a juvenile faith or a puerile faith or infantile faith in some instances. And they are not well versed in the in the history and the doctrine of the church, or in the scriptures, um, and the the culture that they live in is decidedly uh, post-Christian or pagan, really, in the in the in the sense that it's it's not a believing culture. Religion is respected, and everybody says they believe in God, but they have I don't know if they know what that means, uh, and. Um, the personal commitment to, say, a particular man uh, like Jesus Christ and to um, institutions is just very difficult for them. And many of them don't believe in institutions or in structures. They say they believe in, in spirituality. But, you know, and they don't like the word religion. Uh, they, they shy away from it. They don't want to be tied down. Religion means to bind up together. Uh, the verb in Latin is ligo, to, to, like, from which we get the word ligament. It means to integrate a person. Uh, and it, it ties them up uh, and integrates them because religion is morality. It, you have religion demands morality, but religion goes way beyond that. Like the Jewish mezuzah shows on the door of every Jewish home that you must love God, not just your neighbor. And you must not only love him, but you must love him intensely and then love the neighbor, not just be dutiful towards the neighbor. So when you talk about Catholic, young Catholic Christians, nobody teaches them this in the culture. They're trusting their parents and the schools, Catholic churches, to teach them that in opposed to the, the, the drag of the culture. So uh, I think they tend to drift and they give up and they copy their neighbors and they ignore the church because they somehow see, see it as irrelevant. We're getting a lot of young people in their late 20s and 30s and especially college kids who are going to uh, going into some kind of meaningful investigation in their own lives of what spirituality means and meaning and not finding meaning uh, in many of the things that um, happen today. So they come to us and they ask a lot of questions. Some of them are just about morality, but we try to say to them, well, wouldn't you like to ask some questions about religion per se? Because that seems to be absent. Uh, and and we're getting those people interested. And I know at UCI, a lot of the students here uh, enter the church at Easter every year. And uh, we, we see young couples coming to us, especially after a baby or two, and saying, you know, I think we should have religion for the family. They may not know, not know what that means, but that's a great sign 
Now, you know, there are some people who send children to Catholic schools to keep them out of gangs and to help them to be moral, but you wonder if they, and our Bishop, uh, Bishop Brown has said this, you wonder how religious is that sacrifice that they make. It's necessary. You can't have religion without morality. But, and you can't really be duty, be, just be dutiful, but you could also cannot be religious without being dutiful. It's, you know, I think I read somewhere that Karl Barth, the famous Protestant theologian of the 20th century, said the problem with the Catholic Church is the word and. And so it's not just faith and reason. Faith is faith and reason, not just faith and, and alone with faith and works for us. But it's also, uh, we say, it's not only loving God, one must also love the neighbor, like in Matthew 25. And so that word, and, is, is, a, is a treacherous word for many people and for young people. They want sometimes to oversimplify their religious behavior, so it's kind of just um, um, filling, up, filling obligations. Uh, the, the church uh, disagreed with Kant, Many several hundred years ago, about that, it's love, not just not just a duty, and and we we have a hard time um, uh, getting over that. And and I don't think they're much different from their parents. Their parents copy the tradition they were brought up in. Say it was an Irish Catholic tradition in the East, or a German Catholic tradition, or Polish Catholic tradition, or Italian Catholic tradition in the Midwest, or the tradition in Mexico. You you the the, the Pope John Paul and the present uh, Pope have often asked how much of the traditional veneer on the top. Uh, it, how much beneath that traditional veneer is there uh, for people to grasp the, the significant meaning? And people, some people actually believe deeply, no matter what the tradition is, and no matter what the veneer is, um, but nevertheless, they, um, the young people today need to know more, need to learn more, need to study more, need, need to uh, seek more and wrestle more with it. Do you think, I mean, because right now we're in that Burger King phase of our lives uh, or, or of our of our current generations, and that is uh, we want it this way, and if we can't have it this way, then we don't want it at all. Do you think eventually that's going to, you know, then you can go along with the globalization and commercialism and all that that kind of festers with that mm-hmm. uh, sexual revolution, if we want to go that distance as well. Um, do you think that... People will eventually that will burn itself out, and people will start to realize there's something a little bit more to life than. I mean, even this current financial crisis is kind of maybe bringing more people. Well, you know, um, I think it's Psalm 42 in the Hebrew Bible that mentions, you know, uh, preserve me, O Lord, from the uh, from the man that isn't religious, and from the evil man, or the evil making man. And uh, from the depressed man, um, and uh, I need truth, and I need um, uh, I need your your light, so I can get to your temple. I know if I get to your temple, that you will actually help me. Well, you know, young people today. That's written about what eight, six hundred years before uh, Jesus Christ, and uh, we're in the twenty first century. So that's a long time ago. Um, the same issues face the Jewish people, and they face every single Christian and every single Buddhist and every single Hindu person as they face, as Catholics. And the the the, the drag of the culture against that is 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 just um, huge. Uh, and uh, to to overcome that, the person has to pray, and they have to actually um, seek. Uh, I think Jesus said, you know, he wasn't going to cast his pearls before swine. 
which is a shocking statement. He also said people will hear, but they won't understand. I, I'm not shocked that people don't accept what the church teaches. I'm, I'm saddened, but in our culture, it's to be somewhat expected. That means that we have to work all the harder to have a people that are intensely Christian with a flowering, um, exuberant, uh, life-fire-filled fire faith. Jesus said, I, brought, I came to bring fire to the earth, and what will I would that be kindled? Um, and we need to respond to that. And I find in my work that people would rather hunker down and be where they are, where they were, where the family was. And I love that old song, you know, give me the old-time religion. It was good enough for Mama, it was good enough for Papa, and it's good enough for me. Well, it's not good enough for the Lord, no matter how we look at it, because even in those days, and there is no golden age uh, in the past, uh, people had a lot of difficulty with Christianity. I mean, take uh, the Catholic Church and the and the non-Catholic churches in the in the in the 19th century with slavery. Some responded well, some did not. Um, Chief Justice Taney was a Catholic. Many other good Christians in the South disagreed with uh, the Church's teaching on slavery. That's just one issue: uh, rights of labor, uh, the right to form a union, the right to be have uh, to you know, the call of the prophets, the Jewish prophets and social justice, not to deny laborers their wages. We would oftentimes wish to practice religion without worrying about the wages of poor people or 40 million people not insured in this country or 100 million not insured eventually. Why worry about that stuff? And the evangelical churches are hit with that. They, they uh, really uh, have become more, more, I hate to say this, more prophetic um, and more Catholic, I don't hate to say it, but I mean, I don't want to imply that, that we have done it for them. It's, I think it's Christ himself that has inspired them to move away from just saving their own souls to helping the plight of others because of Matthew 28 and the call of the gospel. But in the same way in the Catholic Church, you have people and it would rather not have to get into social justice and just say their prayers. Um, and to, to get people to have an intense love for Jesus Christ, to make Christ the center of everything is very difficult because um, oftentimes religion is self-fulfillment for some. Cardinal uh, Murphy O'Connor in London said that the only thing the Catholic Church has to offer is Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, some people don't see it that way. Um, but that's, that's, and then, you, then you have to ask the question, who is he? And what does he mean? And how do I, how do I translate his life into my everyday life? so that my life is probably a lot of cross-bearing and, and, and wrestling each day, just as he said it would be. All right. Well, you know, let's take a quick break, Mr. O'Toole. You're listening to The O.C. Show right here with Cameron Jackson on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. When we get back, we, I want to talk about evangelicals and a very interesting article that uh, you and I both read about uh the possible coming of the evangelical collapse. So uh, we'll get some thoughts on that. We will be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is the OC Show with Cameron Jackson. And just remember, 
I am, and always will be. You can always count on it. Your Superman. And the other thing you want to remember, too, is the opinions of views expressed in the OC show with Cameron Jackson do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. All right. Enough of that. So, uh, joining me in studio today, as I've been talking about for the first half hour, is Mr. Eugene O'Toole. He works over at the... uh, St. John Neumann Catholic Parish here in Irvine. He is, uh, if you've been listening the first half hour, uh, just an amazing uh, breadth and wealth of information about uh, the Catholic Church and about uh, religion in general. Uh, If you are just joining us and you want to keep listening once you are out of your car and into your house or office or jail cell or wherever it is you might be going, uh, be sure to go to KUCI.org. Click in the upper right-hand corner for streaming audio. Also, you can email me during the show, Cameron, C-A-M-E-R-O-N, at theocshow.net. That is Cameron at theocshow.net. You can also check my blog out, which is very simple, theocshow.net. And you can get upcoming shows. This show will be podcast afterwards, so you can listen to your heart's content over and over and over again and learn a little bit of uh, something you've never known or heard about or whatnot. So, um, Mr. O'Toole, uh, we want to talk about this very fascinating article that I read here in the Christian Science Monitor. It's not a uh, publication I read normally, but uh, this popped up on to the Drudge Report one day. And it is uh, titled The Coming Evangelical Collapse, an anti-Christian chapter in Western history is about to begin. And this is one of the claims that this writer, Michael Spencer, makes. He says, within two generations, evangelicalism will be the house deserted of half its occupants. It says right now between 25 and 35 percent of Americans today are evangelicals. In the Protestant 20th century, evangelicals flourished. But they will soon be living in a very secular and religiously antagonistic 21st century. Uh, what do you? What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, the evangelicals have been through a lot. It's an alliance of uh, Protestant churches, uh, which began way back in the uh, middle of the last century. The, uh, the, I mean, excuse me, the 19th century, and they um, they do have uh, a history of ups and downs breakaways and and, uh, changes, and I don't know. They've been through the slavery problem, and so I wonder, will they they survive the secular problem? Uh, They were through the uh, Darwin problem and evolution, and it split them into, uh, and this is an overgeneralization, into uh, conservatives and liberals, and they survived that to a great degree and then they were they actually uh, have a core that most people don't know about they have a, a doctrinal core uh, and that doctrinal core is uh, so much like the Catholic Church they they believe in the Trinity and the divinity of Christ and they believe in the doctrine of the scriptures and salvation by grace as in Ephesians 2 which we agree with they believe in the virgin birth and and eternal rewards and uh, a literal heaven and hell and the Apostles Creed and and the Nicene Creed, and uh, the church is the body of Christ, and they have developed that concept in terms of gifts and charisms better than we have. 
uh, and we're all members of one body. Now, that's their doctrinal core. Their historical core is that they have survived major upheavals and chasms like we have here in California with earthquakes. I don't know how they'll survive the, the secular uh, mess. And um, in a non-intellectual, non-dogmatic world, even among Christians, how do you survive? And, you know, in Europe, a lot of Catholic theologians and the Pope himself has wondered, will we be left with the Nanuim, a small flock? Uh, and not just numbers, but uh, we'll have a very deep, deep committed, uh, uh, faithful Ah, um, he says, you know, uh, we're, we're, I don't know if I can go along with this. Um, he's full of anxiety, like many Catholics are, about the state of the church in the modern world. And, and I, I'm looking at some of his comments. This is, this is Michael Spencer now? This is Michael Spencer, yeah. He talks about uh, a secular face to the church that you're going to be seeing more of. Does he mean by that, you know, that, that because pa- the pastor down in Saddleback Community Churches is, is are helping the poor and the needy, which the, the evangelicals have always done to some degree, uh, more now than ever, uh, and uh, missionary work. There's a lot of missionary work going on here in Orange County ab- abroad. Uh, I'm not sure what uh, they mean by the secular well, face. Well, and one of the things that I see, I, I call them the big box churches, the, yes. like Saddleback and uh-huh. like uh, Mariners. Right. And what I see in those, from my experiences uh, attending those uh, churches, is that it, it seems on the surface to be more of a feel-good type situation where we want to go in and we want to feel good, but but what is taught is very minimal. It's it's all about me still. Well, you know, they're pragmatic and and uh, they're therapeutic. Um, they're, uh, like he says, they're church growth oriented and they're into consumerism and they, they're great with, uh, with good ads and, and uh, you know, advertising. But uh, I've, I've heard a Catholic priest and an Orthodox priest and an evangelical pastor tell me that each, you know, say to me, we all have people who come to our church who believe in a, a God that really isn't real. Uh, and uh, in, in, in many ways, some people try to try to turn the Catholic Church into just a psychological uh, self-help church. It benefits them. They feel good, maybe. And they do that in all the churches. I'm not, I'm not sure if... Uh, if, if the, some of the labels that they're applying to uh, modern-day Christianity are, are more like liberal and secular and, and, and that uh, you're, they're not really all upset about their future in heaven or their fire escape from hell or their pie in the sky. Well, you see, uh, that's what I, I said previously, that the, f- the fact that religion is much more than morality and religion is, is, is an engagement with God and Pope uh, Benedict says it's an encounter with Jesus Christ. Well, that encounter isn't is is not experienced by many in all the churches, all of them. And the Jewish rabbis will be the first to tell you that. And the history of the Jewish people is like that, and so is ours. So I'm looking at it, and I'm I'm just saying to myself, uh, well, uh, it's true that he has a lot of stuff that we should be alarmed about. The, the you mentioned it uh, in Choice, the Burger King Choice, you know. Uh, the obedience of faith that Paul talks about in the scriptures, uh, that it, it's, it's a demanding thing to be baptized and to submit and to be uh, like Christ. Christ said, I came not to, wait on, to, not to be waited on, but to wait on people. 
and like the washing of the feet. And so we are, we are really servants of one another. I oftentimes use the word slave to emphasize it. We are slaves to our husbands and wives and children and to the people and servants of all. And you know, who wants to do that today? And that obedience of faith means that you, uh, you have a yoke put around your neck that Jesus says, my yoke is sweet and my burden light. Come on, take it on, don't be afraid because if you do that, you will be at rest. We sing that at Easter with the Messiah. Oh, come to me all you that are heavily burdened and I will refresh you. Now I notice that, you know, I ask myself, why do people want to become Catholic? And they come in for many different reasons. One is spirituality though. They want a deeper meaning to life. And it's hard for them to understand that it's beyond the self and self-fulfillment, that it's also altruistic, but it's also more than that, it's God and, and a relationship with him. And, and the evangelicals do that. They tell you not only do you accept Jesus Christ, but you must actually turn your life over to him. And like our Bishop Brown said in his pastoral letter two years ago, what we must surrender to him. Um, some Catholics took offense at that statement by the bishop, but that's the very meaning of the Gospels, especially St. Paul's epistles. Um, so I don't know. I think there's a tremendous onslaught against religion today, and uh, the present pope answered it by his first encyclical, which was on love, and that, that surprised people. So if, if, say, Rick Warren's church goes out and shows greater love for others, and he's involved in social justice causes for the needy, like the prophet Isaiah and Hosea and Amos. If that's the case, I cannot see how that's mere, merely a face of secularism. And I love that because I know that a good evangelical will have all the basic doctrines, not all of them, but most of them. And we know, I know this is offensive to some, but we say that all those churches possess some of the, the, the truths and some of the teachings of Jesus Christ and, they, they, and that they're actually part of the church of Jesus Christ and that they are doing his work, not only as individuals, but as churches. So how, how they can fall apart, maybe they, they will, I think if they do, I suppose we will. Uh, and, um, do you think that maybe the evangelicals have weakened the, the Christian faith and the Christian religion? Well, you know, I don't. The, the evangelicals in the 19th century, many of them believed in slavery and uh, didn't really believe in uh, a lot of the things that Christians are supposed to practice. Uh, so in a, that, sounds like it would yeah. weak, that sounds like it would weaken the religion, though. So, but then on the other hand, today they believe in things that they didn't believe in in the 19th century in terms of others. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think I, I, I say this, and I'm not sure how true it is, and maybe it's just a teaching tool, but I say they have become more Catholic just as we have become more Protestant. And I mean that in a good sense, like we use the the the, uh, the common language in the in the mass and the rituals. Um, so you think Vatican II occurred because of uh, it, because of the evangelical movement? Partly, I mean, it was, it was, I mean, there was a lot of ecumenical dialogue going on in Europe from the 1890s or even before that, but especially in Germany and in Western Europe. Uh, an awful lot of, of, of ecumenism going on. The anti-Semitism that prevailed among Catholics and other Christians, uh, a lot of that is, has, has vanished, I hope, but especially in the Catholic Church, is tremendous change. Well, you know, that, that's not secularism. That's a commitment to God's own people 
as as he as he would like us to have always been. But we've always, we've oftentimes been the opposite of that. So I you know it's true that we are being uh, we are being uh, besieged. And with relativism and with, uh, you know, the, the secularism of the day and uh, scientism that science is, if science doesn't explain it, it can't be true. Well, that, you know, that's, that's making science into a religion, which science, good scientists do not claim. Or rationalism, well, if I can't reason to it, faith is an act be, that involves reason. And if you you can't have faith without reason, obviously, but but faith is beyond reason. So if I say that that God God's work in the Bible with say in Job um, is beyond just the story, or on, the, on this uh, the, the Song of Songs, it's not just uh, about a couple; it's about more than a couple. It is a couple, but it's also more. And the scriptures have deeper meanings than just the literal. Um, my act of faith and the church's teaching is is um, it may not be reasonable sometimes. Like St. Augustine says, I only believe the scriptures because of what the church says about them. That's an extraordinary statement. Uh, if, he, if you only believe it because they're historical, or if you only believe it because your tradition taught it, like the tradition of the Reformation or the tradition of the church, well, is that that doesn't necessarily mean it's revealed. And so everybody has to ask themselves the question, why do I believe this, and how am I believing it, and how am I putting it into practice in my daily life? So I don't know um, the, 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 the biblical the biblical biblical core of evangelicalism is, 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 is still basically intact. Uh, some members may not commit themselves to it. Um, the biblical core of, of the Catholic Church is intact. And, you know, we both admire one another. Yeah, I was going to ask, the next question that I was going to ask is, you know, some people think of the Catholic religion as this closed religion that, that, as we talked about before, kind of hunkers down and builds a fence around itself and doesn't really speak with others. But that's not the case. There is a, there is a, an amazing dialogue that occurs between the Catholic religion and Muslims and Jews and, and Orthodox and, and the Evangelicals. Can you talk about that? Well, yes, and uh, you know the, 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 even the, the documents of Vatican II go so far as to say that there are elements of truth and grace in other non-Christian religions. And that, that, uh, that's, a, that's an amazing statement in itself. Um, but also, you know, the evangelicals and Catholics had hunkered down and have hunkered down and still do, and we withdraw from the secular world. The, the church in the uh, document of, the, of what we call Gaudium et Spes, the last document of the Vatican Council, and the longest, says the hopes and joys and fears of all the world are, are the hopes and joys and fears uh, of the Catholic Church. Well, you know, that means getting involved in economics and sometimes in politics. Well, evangelical churches are now more involved in politics than they have been in some times and some places, although with the moral majority, they got deeply involved in politics. And some evangelicals are shocked to think that today uh, they're, they're getting away from the scriptures only and getting involved in, in economic and political issues. Well, I think you have to be involved in those as a Christian, um, and the Jewish prophets taught us that. So... Um, it's 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 it. What has happened is we um, we have talked and are talked to um, by evangelicals and others. And when uh, Pope uh, the Pope says, well, they some of them have developed some some aspects of Christianity better than we have. I'll give you one example on the gifts in Corinthians one Corinthians twelve, and. Um, 
we and 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 they have borrowed from us, and we borrowed from them. One evangelical minister told me that he wouldn't be half the minister he is had it not been for the spirituality of Henry Nowen and and Thomas Merton and others, and Mother Teresa. And at the same time, uh, many Catholics wouldn't be as devout as they are were it not for the, the, the unbelievable commitment to Jesus and the Bible of some Baptists. So uh, I'm probably maybe too optimistic, but I see great hope and great change. And I, I think that, and, and Catholics resist some of these changes. And, uh, you know, the Vatican Council went, went backwards in many ways by actually reviving that, that spirit of enthusiasm and, and, and uh, fire that we had in the early church uh, and revived it for many. Um, so, you know, the article is, 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 uh, is worth reading. Uh, he, uh, he actually talks about things that uh, I think they've always talked about uh, and it, fundamentalism. Well, Billy Graham, you know, uh, revived evangelicalism in the 40s with Fuller and others, and um, he... He, he actually uh, was criticized for that, but, and he, he kind of got away from that very, very, very backwards blue-collar fundamentalism that was actually shackling evangelicalism, and they kind of separated from them. The ultra, ultra, uh, you know, um, fundamentalism of the, the past. So they've been through this, and I think they'll survive this. Uh, we'll survive it, of course, but um, I, and how we'll survive it is, is something that I cannot prophesy. You know, we only have a couple minutes left, um, and I was wondering if, uh, if I could ask you a personal question, not a big one, but do you mind if I tell people how old you are? No, I don't. <laughs> All right, good. Mr. O'Toole is 80 years old, and I and I, I told him this on the way over here. If I have half the brain, if I even have a quarter of the brain power that you have at 80, I'll be very happy because everybody in my family is nuts uh, at about 60 years old plus. So um, what for you in your lifetime, how have, you know, you've, you've obviously you've studied this, you've, You've made it a part of your life. How has religion for you changed in your 80 years, starting from when you first were aware of it to now? Well, I'm, I'm just uh, very angry with myself. I shouldn't say use that word, I suppose, but I, I am uh, aggrieved that I didn't see then what I see now and that I didn't have uh, an intense uh, wish to be, uh, you know, with the Lord all the time and... Um, you know, during the day, and and uh, and I wish that I had the courage earlier to uh, face uh, issues that I just went along with, uh, and stand up on my own for some uh, bigger issues that I did stand up for. I wish that I had been more um, more Christ-centered, uh, and that um, that I had uh, given more time. And there wasn't that I shouldn't. Have, I should have withdrawn and taken time out for more thought and reflection and prayer than I did. Um, but I thank God every day for giving me the insights that He gives me now for my age. Um, but uh, reading and history have helped me, uh, and especially the scriptures. Um, they have. They have just in, helped me enormously. I was lucky. I was subjected to them very young. 
at a very young age, and uh, I have treasured them, and I think that without them, I, I just wouldn't have that light and that truth. But I also f- treasure the fact that the Catholic Church has been a hedge, like the Jewish rabbis say, to protect the Torah and the Catholic Church's teachings. Uh, it has protected it, and uh, sometimes I rebelled against it, but I am very, very happy for that. Can you give me? Can you give me uh, in our audience because we only have a couple a couple seconds left? Your favorite, your most favorite solemn in Latin. Song in Latin, my most solemn, your, or the psalm yes, that I like most in in Latin. I think it will be seventy three. May we hear it? Well, I, I I'd have to read it. To, oh, you, otherwise, you, I'd forget it. But you know, it, it, it summarize it. It's this. I was jealous of the people with money and fame and power and of those who had a lot of fun. And uh, I, 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 I was really intrigued with them and wanted to follow them. But I was preserved from, from the, being dumped into that pit by the teaching and the, um, uh, by, I came to the temple, God's presence, God's holy place, and his light and his truth guided me. That is one of my favorites, Psalm 73. It's just unbelievable what God does to us if we just turn to him even when we're sinking. And with that, it's the end of the show. Thank you again, Mr. O'Toole, for coming in. It has been a, a just an absolute pleasure. Thank you. I'm Thank you. delighted to be here. Thank you. I hope you'll come again. Thank you. We'll see you all next week. Coming up next, it is Jeremy Disco for your health, baby. See you all.